82 CE. Britannia. The fierce, wild army of tribal Celts assaulted the Roman stronghold in Caledonia. It was night. The soldiers inside had been sleeping. The few alert guards had quickly been killed. Soon, a slaughter began. But all was not lost. The 9th Legion, which had once fought under the command of Julius Caesar himself, arrived and tried to break the siege. They took on heavy losses. By the time help arrived, the 9th had found its footing, killed many of the invaders, and sent the survivors fleeing for their lives. The odds were stacked against them, and yet the 9th had won. This was just one of many noteworthy victories for the 9th Roman Legion over its many decades of operating within the Roman military. By all accounts, the 9th should be revered in the history books of warfare as one of the most efficient and influential combat outfits of all time. And yet, for reasons unknown, the 9th Roman Legion vanished from all historical records just after the turn of the first century CE. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Richard. Welcome to Gone, a ParCast original. Every other Monday, we examine mysterious disappearances and the theories they spawned. From the Amber Room to Michael Rockefeller, Picasso paintings to the Etruscan language, the Roanoke colony to the lost Russian cosmonauts. If it's gone, we're looking for it. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love— Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to ParCast.com slash merch for more information. You can find all previous episodes of Gone, as well as all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Today we are looking at the mystery of the Ninth Roman Legion, a group of over 5,000 soldiers that vanished from the historical record, seemingly without reason, in the 2nd century CE. It's not uncommon for ancient combat outfits to vanish from history. In large militaries, battalions and platoons were dissolved or renamed all the time. But the Ninth stands out as a noteworthy case because of the sheer size of the legion. A platoon of 20 men vanishing doesn't turn many heads. A miniature army of over 5,000 is another story. More strange than that, prior to its disappearance, the Ninth Legion had quite the reputation in Rome. It served Julius Caesar himself and contributed to several of his most famous victories. It's odd, given the centuries of study into ancient Roman history, that no one has ever been able to confirm what happened to the Ninth. In the later years of its known history, the Ninth was based in modern-day York, and an inscription in the ruins of their fortress indicated that they were replaced in 122 CE by the Sixth Legion— Details of what happened to the Ninth after that are unclear. Our first theory as to the fate of the Ninth Legion is that it was gradually wiped out in wars with the Brigante tribes 
to the point where the few surviving legionaries were incorporated into other units. Our second theory is that at some point in the 2nd century CE, the Ninth disgraced themselves and angered the Roman emperor Hadrian, who retaliated by disbanding the legion and having its legacy struck from the historical record. The third and most recent theory is that the Ninth Legion either voluntarily moved to or was transferred out of Britannia to Noviomagus in western Germania, which today is the Nijmegen region of the Netherlands. Removed from the bulk of the Roman army, the Ninth performed some unknown function in that region until they slowly died out or were absorbed by other legions. This last theory came to popularity after the discovery of inscriptions in Nijmegen that confirmed the legion was in that area at around the time they are believed to have disappeared. All three theories originate from artifacts and ruins found across Europe over the past few centuries. Much of the debate over the fate of the Ninth comes from different interpretations of these artifacts. In this episode, we will first examine what we know to be true about the Ninth and its place in the Roman Empire's military machine. Then we'll discuss each theory and determine which one we think is most likely to be the real story. We can trace the origins of the Roman army as historians know it back to around 390 BCE. In that year, an army of 30,000 Gauls from the Adriatic coast of Italy invaded Rome and sacked its cities. This was a crushing defeat, and it led the leaders of Rome to reevaluate how it wanted to coexist with its neighbors. If Rome wanted to stand a chance against these foreign forces, it would need a strong, disciplined army to contend with them. At this point in history, the Roman army was a mishmash of farmers and other untrained fighters. They were citizens who only took up arms when the need arose, rather than a trained, organized army. After the Gauls' conquest, Rome spent the next few centuries building and organizing its military, emphasizing martial training and rigorous discipline. The conscripted army of around 9,000 untrained men grew slowly to a force twice that size of men with years of training. With that growth came a more rigid organizational structure. Over the first century BCE, the Roman army was formed into legions, each of which consisted of around 5,000 men. These men were all volunteers who, in exchange for training, gear, and a salary, would serve for around 10 years. This army was no longer made of tradesmen who only took up arms when they were called to. These were full-time professional soldiers. By the first century BCE, one out of every eight Roman men was a trained soldier, and many of them served in the army far beyond the regular 10-year requirement. Some were even lifelong military men. Legions were comprised largely of legionaries, highly trained officers who served up to 25 years. This was a higher station, one that provided advanced training in tactics and diplomacy. As such, many legionaries went on to serve as politicians. Over 250 years after Rome had nearly fallen to the Gauls, it had the fiercest army in Europe. The main reason for its might was size and discipline. Soldiers trained daily in weapons and melee combat. 
An average soldier was expected to make a 19-mile hike carrying a full weapons pack in five hours, every single day. The discipline and skills enforced upon these men also served to emphasize a sense of national pride. As Rome expanded over the centuries, it would position legions to hold newly conquered lands. It wasn't uncommon for a Roman legionary to spend more than half his life hundreds of miles away from the city of Rome. In the absence of a land in which to feel at home, these men took solace in their fellow soldiers. And it is from this military environment that the Ninth Legion first comes into the historical record. The earliest evidence of the Ninth Legion dates back to the Social War of 89 BCE. This was a conflict in which a number of Rome's territories rebelled because they were not allowed actual Roman citizenship. Historians discovered pieces of a lead slingshot, believed to be fired at a battle in Osculum, which was a Greek state that had fought against Rome in the Social War. Inscriptions on the lead shots featured a signature, Legio IX, or Ninth Legion. Now, there is an interesting historical discrepancy in this early evidence. Inscriptions found among the archives of the Roman military leader Pompey Magnus indicated that the 9th Legion wasn't formed until 65 BCE. It's possible that the lead shots dated to 89 BCE are not actually authentic artifacts from the Social War. But it's also possible that the 9th Legion existed before Pompey rolled it into his own army. The period between roughly 100 BCE and 27 BCE, when Rome transitioned from a republic to an empire, was characterized by a massive buildup of military forces. The Ninth could have been a smaller legion that was around in 89 BCE, but in Caesar's legion, Stephen Dando Collins suggests they were not considered a major fighting force until Pompey elevated them in 65 BCE. Regardless of when it was actually formed, the Ninth Legion, as historians know it, came to prominence after 65 BCE. Roman general Julius Caesar inherited command of the Ninth Legion, as well as the 7th, 8th, and 10th Legions in 58 BCE. Under Caesar's rule, the Ninth Legion thrived in a number of key historical battles that defined Caesar's conquest of Rome. They served under him in the Gallic Wars, in which Rome subjugated the Gauls, the same people who had sacked them centuries before, and secured victories in Albania and Greece. The Ninth Legion even fought with Caesar's armies against Pompey, the man who was credited with first formally establishing the legion in the Roman Civil War. After helping Caesar secure victory at the Battle of Thapsus in 46 BCE, the veteran soldiers of the Ninth were disbanded and granted retirement. And this was not a negative action on Caesar's part. He won his war shortly after the battle, and there was no reason to maintain such a huge army after the war was done. The grizzled fighters of the Ninth retired back to Italy. But it would not be long before the new generation of the Legion was called back into service. After Caesar was assassinated in 44 BCE, his nephew and heir Octavian joined with Mark Antony and Marcus Lepidus to defeat the conspirators. These three men split Rome among themselves, 
but soon turned on each other as each tried to take control of the entire republic. Octavian wanted to have an army that would mimic the great army Caesar had fought with in the past. So he recalled the retired soldiers of the 9th and reformed the legion. The 9th served under Octavian in the famous Battle of Actium, where they clashed with the forces of Cleopatra. Their resounding victory year led Mark Antony to lose his army and ultimately commit suicide, thus yielding all of Rome for Octavian to take control. After Rome became an empire in 27 BCE, Octavian was renamed Emperor Augustus, and he immediately set about using Rome's extensive military strength to further expand its holdings. The Ninth, which was famous across Rome by that point, was sent on a 10-year campaign to conquer and subjugate the tribes of the Iberian Peninsula in modern-day Spain. The Ninth excelled, and for their excellence, the emperor bestowed upon them a permanent title, Legio IX Hispana. The titling is important to understanding this mystery. Legions were generally just numbered for organizational purposes, but in granting them an official title, Augustus had singled out the Ninth as a distinctive military body that was entitled to honors for its achievements. The official title is also the only reason we know the Legion disappeared at all. A titled Legion should have been listed in every major historical document that tracked military activity in ancient Rome. But in the 19th century, historians uncovered ledgers from 165 CE that listed all active legions. Legio IX Hispana was not listed, and that could only mean, for some reason or another, the Legion didn't exist at the time that record was made. This was not an oversight. Through death, dishonor, or something else, the once prominent beloved Ninth Legion was struck from the historical record. And historians are still struggling to find out why. Up next, we'll look at the Ninth's known activities in the first century CE and consider the possibility that they were completely wiped out in battle. Now back to the story. By the first year CE, the Ninth Roman Legion, permanently titled Legio IX Hispana, had fought in two major wars and served Rome faithfully in its conquest of modern-day Spain. By that track record alone, the Ninth should have gone down in history among the other famous armies of the Roman Empire. But something happened early in the first millennia CE that seems to have led to the Legion being erased from history. The Legion was very active in the first few decades of the first century CE and was a crux of Rome's expansion into northern Europe. As such, most of what we know about the Ninth's activities come from this time period. In 50 CE, Roman Emperor Claudius dispatched the Ninth Legion to Britannia in modern-day Britain and Scotland. Given their success in conquering Spain, Claudius hoped that the Ninth would prove successful once again in maintaining Rome's control of the British island. By this point, the Ninth had swelled to a fighting force of over 5,000 men, outfitted with the finest weapons and armor money could buy. It functioned almost like a moving, battle-ready city, 
and it would be hard to imagine that anyone could stand against their might. But the Ninth actually suffered its first major defeat in 61 CE. Rome had made the colony of Camelodunum in modern-day Scotland its base of operations as it worked to subdue the revolting tribes of Britannia. The Celtic Essini tribe led one such revolt when their queen, Boudicca, attacked the fortress at Camelodunum directly. The Ninth arrived at the colony to find it under siege, and their attempt to break the assault resulted in the death of nearly all of their foot soldiers. The surviving cavalry merged with reinforcements sent up from Germany, and this new force invaded Ibaracum to eradicate the Essini. It's worth noting here that Ibaracum was largely comprised of forests of yew trees, which Romans considered to be potent symbols of bad luck due to their toxic leaves and berries. It was an omen that would prove to be quite true for the Ninth Legion. One of the last confirmed sightings of them was when they invaded this land and walked into the literal and proverbial woods. Ibaracum is in modern-day York, which is one of the spots where historians have tracked the last confirmed activity of the Ninth Legion. Our first theory is that at some point in the late 1st or early 2nd century CE, the Ninth Legion was totally annihilated in some kind of battle. In 77 CE, Emperor Vespasian appointed Julian Agricola as the governor of Britannia. The post came with a command of four Roman legions, including the Ninth, and a mandate to speed up the integration of Britannia's native people to Roman society. Now, by all accounts, Agricola was particularly effective in this task. In his six years on the job, he doubled the amount of Roman territory in Britannia and even succeeded in getting several British tribes to adopt Roman language and customs. Still, the period was not without conflict. In 82 CE, the Ninth suffered yet another catastrophic defeat after it was dispatched to stop a surprise siege of Caledonia. It has been theorized, though not confirmed, that the Ninth Legion never actually recouped its losses from this particular battle. In 83 CE, Agricola was recalled by the far less popular emperor Domitian. The famous historian Tacitus, who is actually Agricola's nephew, has suggested in his writings that this move was one of spite. Agricola was popular in Rome due to his success in Britannia, and Domitian was jealous of the attention and fearful of any one general gaining control of too much territory. To add insult to injury, Domitian spent the next few years undoing Agricola's work by demilitarizing Britannia. Much of the territory Agricola had gained was ceded, and the legions posted there were slowly relocated south. Because of this slow exodus, there was very little history written on Britannia that covered the period between 85 and 118 CE. But we know that the Ninth stayed in the area even as the other legions departed. Whenever a legion built a stone structure, they would stamp one of the tiles with a signature. One such structure in York, dated to around the turn of the first century, was found to have the stamp Leg 9 Hisp. Legio 9 Hispana. So the dating here indicates that after Agricola left Britannia, 
the Ninth took up permanent occupation at its fortress in York and stayed there until around 108 or 109 CE. The record becomes more and more murky over the next two decades. There continued to be uprisings and attacks from the unconquered British tribes, and there's evidence to indicate Rome successfully crushed these revolts. But there's not a direct link between any of these conflicts and the Ninth, other than the fact that the Ninth was in the proximity of the battles, and thus likely would have been involved. The real evidence for the annihilation theory first started circulating in the 19th century after German scholars Wilhelm Fitzner and Karl Ludwig Grotefend found, translated, and published one of the first historical documents from the time of Emperor Hadrian, who ruled from 117 to 138 CE. These were the historians who found the lists of official Roman legions, which, noticeably, did not name the Ninth. From there... Grotefen looked at the accounts kept by Tacitus of Roman activity in Britannia and noted his descriptions of how the Ninth was rather weak after it was decimated in the 82 CE attack on Caledonia. So it's possible the Ninth never really recovered its numbers after the 82 CE battle, and the force that returned to the fortress in York was small and vulnerable. Grotefend also cited a letter sent to Emperor Marcus Aurelius from his tutor, Marcus Fronto. This letter read, quote, The Romans had suffered a significant defeat under Hadrian in Britain, and it is more than likely that only then do the nine Hispana succumb. This is a notable letter for two reasons. One, it was written sometime between 160 and 170 CE, making it one of the last known references to the Ninth Legion. And obviously, it would seem to indicate that the Ninth Legion was wiped out by the attacking tribes in Britannia. The letter also made reference to Jewish tribes, which would seem to be a reference to the Second Jewish Revolt of 132 CE, which occurred in the modern-day Israel-Palestine region. It's a matter of record that Rome suffered massive casualties in this war, and if the Ninth was sent to fight, it could have been destroyed. But that connection also feels a little flimsy, especially if we're to believe that the Legion was both severely weakened and all the way in Britannia at the same time. The Second Jewish Revolt largely comes up because it's one of the few major conflicts to have occurred in the time period when the Ninth was suspected to have been destroyed. But that line of thinking relies on the hypothesis that there was some great battle. In actuality, it was likely that the Legion was just progressively attacked by various tribes, losing a small number of men each time until there was nothing left. This theory fits in with documented issues that Rome had in holding the Britannia regions. As large and as powerful as the legions were, they were known to be ill-equipped against the wild, easily mobilized tribal warriors. This was, again, best evidenced by the Ninth's near defeat in 82 CE. Of course, there's also an element of fiction that has contributed to the popularity of the annihilation theory. In 1954, author Rosemary Sutcliffe wrote The Eagle of the Ninth, a fictionalized story about a young Roman officer who sets out to find the lost Ninth Legion and recovered its standard, a life-sized bronze eagle. 
The book was a bestseller and adapted into a movie in 2011. The popularity of the story has led to a common mix-up between fact and fiction. It's easy enough to romanticize the end of the Ninth Legion as some kind of noble conflict. Last stands make for famous stories. And yes, there are parts of the known history that would support this theory. However, it's also possible that the disappearance of the Ninth happened in a much more gradual and mundane manner. Our second theory is that the Ninth Legion was slowly split up over a number of years until there was nothing left, possibly because they fell out of favor with the Roman emperor. This theory dates back to Francis Drake, the 18th century British surgeon and antiquarian who wrote in 1786 that the Ninth Legion had been disbanded in York by Emperor Severus and that its soldiers were absorbed into the Sixth Legion. Drake's theory is backed up by a few historical accounts. The first is the presence of the Sixth Legion in York in 122 CE. In that year, Emperor Hadrian commissioned a 73-mile earthen wall along the Roman Empire's northern borders in Britannia. At least three legions worked on the wall in Britannia, but the only one to be confirmed was the Sixth Legion, which also took up residence in the Ninth's former fortress in York. We can naturally assume that if the Sixth Legion was residing in that fort, the Ninth obviously didn't have use for it. The official reason for Hadrian's Wall was to help quell the uprisings from the northern tribes and keep them out of Roman territory. It's possible that the Wall was more of a direct retaliation for tribal attacks on the diminishing Ninth Legion, which Hadrian eventually merged into the Sixth. Now, if the Ninth really was as weak as some have proposed, it would make sense for its remaining soldiers to be absorbed into the larger outfit. But remember, the Ninth had been granted a permanent title of Legio Nine Hispana. Even if the Legion was disbanded, the title would have remained as a reminder of the Ninth's accomplishments. And yet, even the name was removed from the record. British archaeologist Ian Richmond furthered the theory that the Ninth was deliberately disbanded and struck from all records by presenting his research into Roman centurions who had served in the Ninth. Centurions were small unit commanders within a legion. It was a revered position, and those who served as centurions often went on to succeed in Roman politics. In his studies, Richmond noted that men who had served in the Ninth saw very slow progress in their political careers compared to their peers. The implication here is that the Ninth somehow fell from grace, and those who were associated with it were stigmatized by Roman society. There's no known specific incident, but it's possible that Emperor Hadrian was displeased with the Ninth's performance, either in the construction of his wall or in its general inability to hold Roman territories in Britannia prior to the wall's commission. Given that we know Hadrian eventually sent the Sixth Legion to oversee completion of the wall, maybe he was just mad that the Ninth couldn't get the job done and decided they weren't up to snuff. Another possibility builds on the annihilation theory. It has been proposed, though never proven, that Hadrian was initially compelled to commission his wall in direct response to the Ninth Legion's eradication. 
In that case, he may have sought to retroactively shame the Ninth for their failure in Britannia by robbing them of a posthumous legacy. When a Roman legion was disbanded in disgrace, the emperor would enact Damnatio Memoriae. Any reference to the legion's names or deeds would be removed from the empire. Emperors rarely employed this extreme measure. There's enough missing from the known history of the Ninth to indicate that it was possible they were victims of Damnatio Memoriae. But there's also plenty of evidence to indicate that this didn't actually happen. Unfortunately, most of the evidence for the theory that the Ninth fell out of favor with the Roman emperor seems circumstantial. Yes, the Ninth seemed to vanish from the record during the reign of a particularly difficult emperor. But while there was a precedent for emperors intentionally striking a legion out of existence, that doesn't seem to be the case here there is still too much evidence of the Ninth's existence to indicate a deliberate erasure. So what really happened? Could it be possible that the Ninth wasn't destroyed or disbanded, but rather that it deserted the Roman cause? Next, we'll discuss our final theory as to how traces of the Ninth Legion came to be found all the way in the Netherlands. Now the conclusion of our story. Our third and final theory is that, for some reason or another, the once famous and feared Ninth Roman Legion willingly deserted before ultimately disbanding and being lost to history. What could lead them to such a drastic shift in loyalties? Consider the fact that after the Ninth was nearly destroyed in 82 CE, the remaining force would have been smaller, and thus it would have been much easier for those who remained to desert without much fanfare. A big part of this mystery is the idea that 5,000 Roman soldiers vanished. But that likely didn't happen. Most of the legion was killed off in the Battle of Caledonia in 82 CE, and whatever was left was a much more insignificant force. Meaning, the men of the Ninth who were left could actually disband and desert without it being a big deal in Rome. Recall that as Rome expanded into an empire, it was not uncommon for a Roman soldier to spend years or even decades away from their homeland. By 120 CE, the Ninth Legion had been stationed in Britannia for around 70 years. It wasn't unheard of for soldiers to marry and settle with the people that they conquered. So there's a possibility that the soldiers of the Ninth intermingled with the Brigante tribes as they integrated them into Roman societies. These soldiers would have children who, though they would be official Roman citizens, would likely see Britannia as their real homeland. So after 70 years, it's entirely likely that whatever remained of the Ninth Legion was tired of fighting for a distant empire that they had little personal connection to. This theory is further supported by the fact that the Ninth had, at least in one occasion, defied orders from Rome. In 83 CE, the Roman Senate censured the Ninth for maxime invalidum, or weakness, The legion had been ordered to help reinstate a pro-Roman Brigante queen that had been ousted, but they refused. 
The fact that the Ninth, which had once honorably served under Julius Caesar, would fail to follow direct orders from the Roman capital would seem to indicate a shift in allegiance, or at least a severe decline in discipline. This theory supports the idea that at some point, what was left of the Ninth departed Britannia, and their fort was taken over by the Sixth Legion. The catalyst for this theory was discovered in 1959 when Dutch archaeologist Jules Bohas excavated a tile stamp from the ruins of a legionary fortress at Novio Dunham, or present-day Nijmegen in the Netherlands. The tile was stamped with the phrase Leg 9 Hisp. Excavations of the area revealed that a garrison of Roman troops had occupied the fort beginning in 104 CE. Over 100 tiles stamped with the phrase Vex Brit were also found in the area. Vex Brit indicated a detachment of the larger Roman Britannic Legion, which would have included the 9th. Bohas presented his findings in 1964 at the International Limes Congress for Roman Studies in Germany. One particularly odd relic Bohas found was a ceramic mixing bowl with the stamp of the Ninth Legion. The Roman army wasn't known to manufacture its own dishware, and the bowl's existence indicated that the Legion had taken up pottery. This, in turn, could imply that the Legion had retired from war and set out to build their own town in peace. Oxford archaeology professor Shepard Freer assessed Bohas's findings and theorized that the Ninth may have willingly withdrawn from Britain between 108 and 122 CE and perished at some unknown time shortly after that. Bohas partially agreed. He too concluded that the Ninth must have resided at the fortress Nijmegen, if only for a brief time. During that time, they clearly took up building and pottery in nearby settlements, perhaps as part of a plan to build a more permanent town. There's a lot of evidence to support this, but the broader historical context of the time does raise additional questions. It seems highly unlikely that the Ninth could have just deserted their duties without either being hunted down or otherwise forced back to serve in the Roman army. Discipline was everything to the Roman soldier. It seems quite unlikely that the Ninth would have been able to retire to their settlement without consequences. Let's revisit the timeline to see what we can make of this. Some detachment of the Ninth likely did live at the fortress in Nijmegen for a time. But considering the location, it's also possible that the Ninth was actually just stationed there briefly on their way to serve in the Second Dacian War at some point in 105 or 106 BCE. If this is true, then it may play into the annihilation theory. The Ninth could have stayed in Nijmegen before marching off to a war in which they were wiped out. This can only ever be speculation, though, as the tileworks found at the site have not been carbon dated. It's even possible that the tiles were brought there later by some other unknown party and carelessly left behind, only to confuse historians centuries later. This last theory gets particularly muddled because it can't account for whether or not the survivors of the Ninth split into smaller sections that branched out, or if some combination of all three theories were actually true. So let's revisit our three main theories. 
Regarding the possible annihilation, there are a few major conflicts that match the timeline where the Ninth could have been totally wiped out. It's unlikely that the Ninth was summoned all the way to Judea, so we can likely rule out the Second Jewish Revolt. There were a series of wars between Rome and the Parthian Empire going on from 113 to 117 CE that the Ninth may have been involved in. But again, if the Ninth had fallen in such a battle, it's likely more people would know about it. A series of minor skirmishes in York still seem like the most likely event, if the Ninth really was wiped out. Maybe even the few survivors made their way to Nymahan before they deserted, or returned and were subsequently recruited into another legion. But even this one has its flaws. The ruins of the fort that still stand today indicate that there was no major structural damage, which surely would have been the case if the Ninth was the victim of so many attacks. All in all, none of the annihilation theories totally work. But even if the Ninth were annihilated, it's very odd that Rome wouldn't have verified their fates and included it in the record. The lack of historical reference to the Ninth in ancient Roman documents could indicate that they did something to warrant their removal from history. As we've said, that too seems unlikely. Though there's not much written about the Ninth in the ruins of ancient Rome, there are still some significant relics, which certainly would not have lasted if there was an order of Damnatio Memoriae. When a legion is dishonored, even the tiles bearing their names are erased. Historians are only aware of the practice because of the 3rd August Legion, which was disbanded and sentenced to Domnatio Memoriae in 238 CE. The 3rd Legion was eventually reinstated, and thus the new record of it made note of that blank spot in its history. But in the case of the 9th Legion, there's still enough evidence left to cast doubt on this theory. There are still tiles featuring the signature of Leg 9 Hisp, so that theory seems unlikely. So if the Ninth wasn't completely annihilated and it wasn't intentionally struck from the record, then it could be possible that they simply disbanded. Aelius Spartianus wrote of Roman soldiers in the Germanic lands sneaking out of their war camps to visit friends in the native tribes. As Emperor Hadrian prepared to build his wall, he could have discovered that many soldiers in the Ninth were actually marrying into the same tribes that they were supposed to be fighting. He could have quietly dissolved the Ninth, merging the loyal soldiers into other legions and exiling the deserters away. These deserters ultimately ended up in Nymahen. We think this is the most likely theory. Though there isn't much evidence that explicitly supports it, there's also less evidence against it than the other two theories. It is largely fictionalizations of this story that have led to the perseverance of the mystery. The missing Ninth Roman Legion is considered noteworthy because it was an army of 5,000 men that vanished. But that common misunderstanding of the mystery doesn't take into account how time slowly chipped away at the Ninth Legion's strength. Yes, at one point the Legion did have 5,000 men. But it was likely much smaller and insignificant when it actually did vanish from history. 
As such, it's entirely possible what happened was some mixture of heavy losses combined with military restructuring. Or, as we've said, the Roman emperor could have learned that the soldiers of the once great Ninth Legion were devolving into undisciplined traitors who were more loyal to the Brigante tribes than their native Rome, and thus decided to do away with what was left. Of course, it would be easier to track down what happened if ancient Rome and its Ninth Legion hadn't existed so long ago. More than enemy armies or enraged rulers, the thing that truly made the Ninth Legion vanish was time. Thanks again for tuning in to Gone. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. You can find all previous episodes of Gone, as well as all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Several of you have asked how to help us. Well, if you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. Just because it's gone doesn't mean it can't be found. Gone was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, with sound design by David Turk. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Liebeskin, Maggie Admire, and Freddie Beckley. Gone is written by Russell Goldman and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. <laughs> <laughs>